join together and sing this chorus one more time. Father, thank you so much for giving us this wonderful blessing. All the songs that we sang, O oh Lord, this is our testimony as well. We praise you, O oh Lord, for you are good, you are gracious, you are merciful. Thank you for gathering us here today to worship you. May you help us, O oh Lord, so that we may worship in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Some of you may know these um, Chinese phrases. Um, so there are four types of people in the world. According to this author, first one is Sheng Er Jiji. Like, you don't have to learn, but you know. This is where we want to be, right? Perhaps through the Holy Spirit's guide, as we become more and more filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit teaches us about Jesus Christ and God's will, we perhaps could enjoy this type of life. Zhu Er Jiji. That is, you learn through education. You get to know things as you learn, which is really good. And then there's kun er jiji. That is, you only get to learn things after you ex- experience something. I mean, this isn't bad, but this, is, this isn't where we want to be. Not all the time, anyway. Sometimes we do have to experience it. And that experience gives us more profound uh, understanding. But at the same time, it's also painful. So if we had a choice, this is not where we want to be. The last one is the worst. Even if you experience something, you don't learn anything. (laughs) I share this because this could become our gauge as we dig into the life of Jonah. Where is he? I mean, a little bit of everything. He experienced God profoundly because he's God's prophet. He shares God's message. This wasn't the first time around. When God called him to go to Nineveh, it wasn't the first time. So he knows God. But along the way, even as he was disobeying God, running away from God, God extended his grace. Through the storm, through the great fish, he was able to discover God's grace and God's mercy all the more. We cannot outrun God's mercy. So Jonah is now more prepared. So he learned a lot along the way. But did he really learn? There's some things he learned, but some things he did not learn. He became myopic. That is, he focused on his own ways. Even though he experienced God profoundly, there are some things that he said, I'm not going to do this. He had this ground zero. No matter what he did, he will always come to that point. When it comes to Nineveh, Assyrians, he always felt this way. They're evil. They're bloodshed people, barbarians. They oppress us and other nations for their own gain. So how can you, God, extend your grace to them? 
Whenever he thought of Ninevites, he says, no way, over my dead body. That's why he ran away. He, he wanted to die rather than go to Nineveh and give them that opportunity to be spared by God. I wonder if we, we have that area in our life. Yeah, we experience God, we worship God, and through the God's grace, we are growing little by little. But then, is there like a one area you go, no, no, no. This area, I'm going back to ground zero. I'm going to do it my way. I can't. I can't let this go. I remember in California, my parents came to visit me, so we went to Ikea, <laughs> our favorite place. My dad had a, a, a heart surgery quadruple bypass heart surgery. And after we uh, finished shopping, he was returning the cart. You know, there's a place to return the cart. But then this was like a fourth floor of the parking lot where there's no cars, and then he saw that group of carts on one side. So he went there, he, he dropped off the cart, and he was coming back to our car. But then there was a, a person who saw this, and he started shouting at my dad. Hey, you can't leave your cart there. You need to put it back where it belongs. And he was just cursing and shouting at my dad, and it, I just lost it. So I cursed him back. <laughs> I was a still pastor at that time. <laughs> so I looked around and made sure there's no <laughs> CCTV, and I cursed at him. Like, who do you think you are? There are some sensitive points in our life. I'm not justifying my action. I'm just saying, you might have one of those areas too. And those are the areas that God is working in us. As we continue to grow in God's grace, I hope, especially today, as we examine Jonah, that we get to perhaps rediscover who we are. What are our sensitive areas? Do we have that ground zero? No matter what happens, we're coming back here, and I, I had to do it my way. As we wrestle with this, perhaps God will speak to us. Then we could repent, because God is willing and able to forgive us of our sins when we repent. Then we could have a clean slate. At the same time, as we wrestle with this, we're going, we're going to gain compassion the same compassion that God has on us. As we wrestle with our own life, our own issues, we're going to have more compassion towards each other. And this is a side benefit that we will learn to be maybe more patient with, the, with each other, more forgiving, more embracing. And then perhaps this is the point that I want to stress, and that is, we will be prepared to take the second chance. That is to maximize the second chance. I was just observing my dad. He always had a small business, mama and pop business, and you know, all the family will help. But I remember having a, a conversation with my dad. He said, son, I had three opportunities to make a whole lot of money. But I was not ready, took advantage of those opportunities. So that's what he wanted to tell me as I was preparing to go to college. This is an opportunity for you to get a good education, to make something of your life. Don't lose it. 
maximize your opportunity. And I believe God is trying to provide those opportunities to us all the time. So he's speaking to us through many different ways, through circumstances, through the Bible, through your small group, through family things. God is speaking to us so that he could provide yet another opportunity for us to grow in his grace. The question is, are we ready to maximize that opportunity to grow, to honor God and to edify and to grow in his grace? Sometimes we are not. And I'm just hoping that through uh, our observation of Jonah that we will learn to be ready to maximize those opportunities. So we know about David, David and Bathsheba. He sinned. He had an affair, adultery. Not only that, he killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Just, just unthinkable as a king, as a, a man after God's own heart. We, we just cannot accept this. But God, he reaches out to him, giving him a second chance through Nathan. When Nathan confronted him of his sin, he repented. Do not depart from your Lord. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. And because of that repentance, he was restored. God provides second chances all the time. Third, fourth, fifth. I know because been there, done that. What about Peter? His infamous denial, three times in one night. And then he ran away to Galilee. Jesus pursues him, meets him. And then as they were walking along the Sea of Galilee, he tells or asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? The Lord, I do. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. This wasn't like a command. It is command, but this was giving Peter another opportunity. I know what you did. It's okay. Now, do this. Feed my sheep. Peter never turned back. Folks, this is something that God does all the time. And we just have to have this sense of awareness to recognize it and to maximize opportunity. In his famous book, Pastor Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life, this is how he uh, starts chapter one. It's not about you. And he says this, if you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. What's his point? God has a specific calling for every one of us. As a church, we have a general calling. Go make disciples of all nations. Edify one another, serve. And these are all the things that we need to do as a church. But there are, there are some specific callings along the way. Under this big umbrella, God calls us to do certain things. Why? Because we have that ground zero in our life. So it's different. But it's under the big umbrella. Sometimes it's like tied. Money is always a sensitive area. Bible talks about money left and right. This is something that we have to really learn from early on. Is he the one who provides everything? Then it's 
just sensible thing to do. It's a common sense. It's a logical thing that we would give back some to God. That's why we offer. Offering. But do we do it willingly and cheerfully? Sometimes it's about serving. Hey, it's, it's not my season. I understand. But when is really the right season? When we are 60, 70, 80? That God provides those opportunities. For you, it might be different than others. That's your specific calling under this big umbrella because God's business is to transform you so that you will lack nothing in serving him and becoming the source of blessing to others. So we need to be ready. We need to know who we are. So when the opportunity comes, we will maximize and we become better. That way we're going to honor God. Paul, same way. Acts chapter 2, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the, the good news of God's grace. Jesus said, you will be my apostle to the Gentiles. Same way, Paul never looked back. This was his moment. He was pursuing his own goods, his own success. But then God said, no, let me give you a better way to live your life. And Paul took this opportunity and never looked back. And he was happiest pursuing God. Even though he was imprisoned in Rome, even though he knew that he would be arrested in Jerusalem, he was happy to go because that was God's calling, God's specific calling for Paul to make him better so that he would experience God all the more. I mean, praise God that God doesn't ask us often to give up our life for him. That's highly unlikely. But he does call us to do something, small or big. Are we willing to obey and follow? So God came to Jonah. Yes, through Jonah, God had a plan to save Ninevites. But at the same time, God is working on Jonah. Jonah, this is what you need right now. Are you willing to go to Nineveh? Because I know you have ground zero. When it comes to the Ninevites, I know there's a hatred that just emerges. So Jonah, by the way, go to Nineveh. This is our God. So along the way, uh, God causes the big fish, the great fish to swallow and spit him out, right? So that's where we pick up today's passage, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Then the Lord of the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. (laughs) Oops. Verses 5 and 6. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, 
covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. It's amazing. Still, even after all those encountering moments with God, Jonah couldn't get that compassion, the compassionate heart. He had eight-word sermon. I mean, this is like life and death situation for Ninevites, but he gives eight-word sermon. For 40 more days, Nineveh, for 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Eight-word sermon. Like pastor's dream, right? You preach eight-word, and then people just turn upside down. They repent and do all these amazing things. Hallelujah. (laughs) But do you see some kind of compassion here? That's something that's missing. After all the things that he was able to experience, he couldn't gain God's heart. He's saying the right things, but he doesn't have the heart yet. He's still wrestling with his ground zero. When God gives the second chance, we have to listen carefully. Um, So today's verse 2, it says, Proclaim. The first message came in chapter 1, verse 2, when God said, preach. It's the same word, just different translation. And I read commentary on this, but let me give you my interpretation of this. Even though uh, the original word is the same, kara, proclaim, preach. What's the difference? To me, there's a big difference. When you preach, it's different than just proclaiming. This is a little bit of a pastor's subjective point of view. But you could, we could all proclaim something. But we, we can't really preach something unless you feel it here. And I believe that's what God was trying to tell him. Second time around, God's saying, yeah, don't just go there, but go with your heart. Have compassion on my people. And Jonah is still refusing because he's still wrestling with his ground zero. There's something about God speaking twice. Like in Samuel, God calls Samuel, not once, but twice. Samuel, Samuel. There's a sense of urgency. There's some there's a sense of importance right here. God could have said, Samuel, what's the difference? But no, God said, Samuel, Samuel. Same thing with uh, Simon, Simon, Simon. Same thing with Saul, Saul, Saul. This, this is something that we need to pick up right away. I'm not saying this is what God will do with us. But whenever we see something repeating from God, whether it be your name calling or some kind of situation happening again and again, then we need to open our eyes. Not that this is going to be a pattern of some sort, but there is something that, that's important that God wants to get our attention This is for God's ministry. This is for my own good. This is for my family, for my church, and beyond. We need to have that sensitivity when God repeats things or calls us twice or more. Job 33, verse 14. For God does speak now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. And I think this is a problem that we are all facing today, especially through the pandemic. Somehow, it emboldened in us. Uh, we have gained this entitlement. I have right to travel. I have to write 
to do whatever I want to do. I lost two years of my life, so I'm going to do whatever I want. If I want to hurt someone, then yeah, I'm, going to, I'm just going to do it. I don't care about any ramification. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Don't you kind of sense that? If you didn't before, during the pandemic and after pandemic, this is what's going on. People are doing whatever they want to do because they have this entitlement. Do you think God is calling us again and again? Did we not learn anything through the pandemic? And as we're coming out of it, you know, not all the way, we need to pray for China and some other countries wrestling with this disease still. But what have we learned through the pandemic? What is God saying? We understand the message through the pandemic. Was there a message? We learned the value of family, right? We all learned that. How we need to stay together. What about church? Did we not learn the value of worshiping together, fellowshipping together, not just online, but like shaking hands? Like, I miss that so much. Then after pandemic, we start doing this, you know? <laughs> or doing this. <laughs> Still better than nothing. That's what I miss the most. That worship. You know, just to hear people singing and how we're able to harmonize naturally just to see each other, even from a distance. Oh, you're there. Hey, that type of fellowship. Don't we all miss that? And why are we so quickly just forgetting and living a different life now? Do we cherish that even more? Are we cultivating that? Because that was the message. God saying, I want you to pause. I'm going to put a pause button for two years so you could come back to me to worship me, go back to my word, to fellowship the right way. I'm going to put a pause button for everyone on earth so Christians could regain their respect to regain their passion, to worship, to, to live out their Christian life. And yet now we're just so comfortable worshiping online. I know some people have to do that. I understand that. But some people, they just now prefer to worship online. It's sad. In fact, it's tragic. So we really have to revisit this, try to discern God's message. This is what Prophet Nahum said about the city of Nineveh. Oh, to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims, the crack of whips, the clatter of wheels, galloping horses and jolting chariots, charging cavalry, flashing swords and glittering spears. This is all Ninevites did because they had power, they had weapons, they had the means. So they would just conquer people after people, group after country after country. But they would just expand. They were able to build this amazing city, amazing country, empire, because they were powerful. They didn't care. That's why Jonah said, I can't go there. 
See, when we try to look for justification of our actions, we could always find it. We just have to come before God and be transparent and confess and repent if we need to or else press on. So how do we discern God's voice? How do we, how do we, how do we know it's from God? Let me share very quickly one way to do this. So when you're having your personal devotion, when you're reading the scripture, by the way, when we, when we encourage people to read the Bible, you know it's not just about reading, right? After you read, you have to apply. I mean, it, it, it's included. But sometimes I just see people reading and you know, just focus on reading and reading and reading. But application, it has to end with application. Otherwise, reading, it helps, but not as much, right? So when you're reading the, the passage, something will stand out. A word or phrase or verse, and you meditate on that throughout the day and you try to apply that into your daily life, well, that is what God is speaking to you because God knows your ground zero for that day. And as you wrestle with that area, you're relying on God, trying to apply God's word, that's God's voice. It's not complicated. We need to revisit this. But more importantly, we need to have willingness to obey And we need to obey God immediately because we are in the midst of spiritual battle. You know what happens? As soon as we think of something to do, something good for God, for his kingdom, for his people, for his ministry, guess what? Our enemy is right there. He's going to try to knock that off, right? Oh, no, 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 you're too busy. Don't you you know (laughs) you're not equipped? Don't you know? No, 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 someone else will do this for you. Do it tomorrow, perhaps, or next week, or next year, when the season is right. Spiritual battle is ongoing. So when God presents this second chance, we have to respond immediately. Otherwise, we will lose it. We will lose that passion. We will lose that zeal. And then next thing we know, we're okay. Next time, then God has to give us a third chance and a fourth chance, fifth kind of works out like that. My hope is that we'll get it the second time around. Because sometimes there's no second chance. You know, Ananias and Sapphira in the the book of Acts, they saw Barnabas, you know, getting all this praise because he sold his um, um, asset and then gave it to church. And, oh, Barnabas, great man of God, all these things. Okay, why don't we do the same thing? So they had good intention, a lot, a lot of good intention. But then they wanted to also save some. And they did a little tiny itty-bitty lie. And I always look at that and go, oh, what's the big deal? They sold everything and they gave it to church and they spared some. Is that so, so bad? Oh, yeah, yeah, they lied, you know. When they were asked, hey, is, that, is, this, is this everything? They go, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah is that so bad? For God, sometimes it is. In fact, it is all the time. Sometimes it's just that God spares us. God is patient with us. But it's never okay with God. And sometimes God doesn't give us a second chance. And then I, Sophia, God took away their life 
on the spot. Husband first, wife comes in, same lie, boom, she's gone too. We just don't know. God doesn't work according to our logic. We just need to be faithful and obedient. Because the second chance may not come. When God gives us a second chance, are we ready, willing, able to take opportunity? I mean, there's some things, of course, we need to plan out and all those things. I don't mean, I don't mean like that. But we need to move right away, at least beginning with repentance. When God points out something, don't postpone that. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm just too tired. No, you got to repent right there and then. There are some things that we need to do right away. So going back to today's passage, verse 4, this is what Jonah says. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days, and Nineveh will be uh, overthrown. Is that verse 5? Verse 5. The Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. So even the Ninevites, the evil, brutes, barbarians, when they heard this message, somehow they had this inclination. Well, this is important. This foreigner we have never met before, he comes and he shares this simple message, but this is important. They had this wherewithal to follow, and they were all in with their repentance. But not only that, the people started to repent, put on a sackcloth and really repent before God. God thought they don't even know. And the king hears of this, and then he does the same thing. The revival. It doesn't matter if it's from top down or down up. It doesn't really matter. It begins with people who are willing to obey God immediately. We need to have this sensitivity so we could respond to God Immediately. Maybe you're like Jonah in chapter 1, unfortunately. You don't have this awareness yet. You're still wrestling with some calling from God. Maybe you're chapter 2. You're just running away as far as you can because you're, you're just too busy. You don't have time for this right now. Maybe you're in the belly of fish. No matter where you are, it's never too late. When you sense God's calling, when you sense God speaking to you, stop and respond, and then see what happens. The Holy Spirit in us, that's his responsibility, to convict us, to teach us, to remind us. So more we become sensitive and respond properly, more we'll build this relationship with the Holy Spirit. All the things that we are wrestling with. Don't you want to experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit who is in us, every one of us. Second chance. It doesn't happen all the time. So let's be ready, prepared, so we can respond immediately. I'm going to end with this story. Thomas Edison we all know him, right? 
Um, he was working on this invention called light bulb, as we all know. Maybe this part of the story you haven't heard before. So he has a group of team in his lab, you know, working together. So they built this light bulb. Well, what do you need to do? You need to test it. So the time came for them to test this light bulb. And everyone gathered around. And the story goes, Thomas Edison picked the youngest person in the group. It's like a teenager, you know, doing minuscule work, you know, running errands and things like that. He said, well, son, why don't you do the honor? So he received a light bulb. He just had to screw it on the thing. But then he dropped it. <laughs> That's how the story goes. So they need to build another light bulb, which took months to build. And the, the, day, the day came, finally. Again, we need to try out this light bulb. So they all gather. Can you imagine this teenager? Kind <laughs> of like this. <laughs> Thomas Edison said, Son, would you do the honors? He said, Oh, no, 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 not this time. I don't want to take a chance. It's too important. So pick someone else. You do it, sir. He said, No, you could do it. So he gave him the light bulb. I kind of see that's what God doing with us. Like we drop the ball so many times for us to honor God, for us to edify one another, grow together, to say the right things at the right time and, and be there for someone. We miss so many opportunities. And God said, would you do the honors? Would you go to Nineveh, Jonah? Spare 120,000 people who cannot tell what's right and what's left, meaning more than that, probably 600 or more in the city. It's a massive, it's a great city. Jonah, would you do the honors? Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do this. If you want to do it, just do it yourself. No, Jonah, you can do it. And I believe that's what God is trying to tell us today. You can do it. The city of Carmel, you can do it. Indiana, you could do it. Father, thank you so much for being so patient with us. Thank you for giving us a second chance, third, fourth, fifth. You don't give up on us, oh Lord, because you love us unconditionally. Father, help us. Help us to be humble before you, to be transparent. Know who we are in light of you and, and repent and continue to grow in your grace 